As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome back to Holistic Pet Radio. I'm Amanda. And I'm Dawson. In today's episode, we are going to talk about flea and tick prevention. I'm going to start off by kind of explaining a couple of the differences between fleas and ticks because they are a little bit different. And then Dawson's going to talk about, I guess we're both going to kind of talk about, but Dawson's mostly going to talk about some of the prevention and then I have a couple things to throw in at the end. So I'm going to start with fleas and then we're going to talk about ticks. So fleas are technically an insect Whereas ticks are an arachnid, so like a spider, which makes them extra disgusting to me. I extra don't like them now. So fleas are an insect with six legs. There are two main species that we see, but there there's way more. But there's a cat flea, a dog flea, and technically there's also a human flea. But all of these names kind of mean nothing because none of them are species specific and they all will, like a cat flea can host on a dog or a human. So don't think that just because you have cat fleas and you're a person and you have no cats, you're fine because they can still suck your blood, essentially. So fleas are the ones that can jump really far. That was my educational. (laughs) They jump really far. Well, it's good to know. Yeah, they're jumpers. So if you see something jumping around, it's usually a flea. Um, they are parasitic and they do live on the blood of their host. So whether it's people or dogs or cats or whatever, but they'll bite quickly and take blood. They don't like sit like a tick will and like suck the blood. I also read that they're like master attack artists and they can do up to 400 bites, um, like per attack essentially per flea. So that's not fun. They do prefer warmer temperatures and they also do carry diseases and some of them are transmissible to people. So the only reason that I bring that up is that A, you need to be safe and obviously see your doctor if you're bitten by fleas that have been around your pets and all that sort of stuff. But also that flea and tick prevention is important that you take seriously. That being said, we always advocate for the natural option and not using topical insecticides and that sort of stuff that can do serious damage to your pet, causing lots of not fun health issues, including like vomiting diarrhea seizures like you know if they have any sort of like toxic label on them with like a skull and crossbones to me it's not worth putting on your pet um or if there's like the potential it could kill your other pet if you put it on like if it's for dogs but if your cat looks that they're gonna die like it's to me it's not worth applying that um I think that there are really effective ways that you can naturally prevent fleas and ticks so I would go with that and that's kind of what we recommend Um, also a quick note with fleas is that if your animal does get fleas and you know that they've had fleas, you will want to deworm them naturally again, but you will want to deworm them afterwards because they can also carry tapeworms. So fun things. Uh, so ticks, like I mentioned, are arachnids. So from the spider family, most of them have eight legs. So yucky. There's lots of different types. Uh, so like deer ticks, cattle ticks, etc. 
to my understanding, they're also not very species specific. So you can get different ticks at different locations and that sort of stuff. The most common one we see um, in Alberta is more like a deer tick. But uh, yeah, they're parasites as well. They do live on blood. They can invest um, dogs, cats, and people as well. Uh, same with fleas. They do have more hosts than fleas do. So fleas don't infect quite such a wide range. Like they're more, uh, what was it, coyotes and raccoons, dogs, cats, people, and a couple others. Uh, opossums do. But uh, ticks are like hosted by almost everything, which is super fun. They don't stay on the host for the life cycle, which is kind of interesting. I thought they like just jump on to feed and then they drop off and then they'll like digest that and then they'll jump on someone else to feed and do all that fun stuff. Um, they can live also in near freezing temperatures and they're much hardier and harder to kill than fleas. So that's also very fun. The nice thing is usually, usually not always, you do get the like rare case where there's like a huge infestation of ticks But with fleas where there's one, there's generally more than one with ticks. There's not always more than one. You do always want to check, but you're not necessarily dealing with an infestation when you see one tick, but definitely check. <laughs> do they carry diseases? Yes. They also carry diseases that are also transmissible to people. So again, you want to be careful with people. Basically, if once the ticks off, you develop a rash or fever within I don't know, I, within two weeks, essentially, you need to see a doctor. But, I mean, anytime you develop a ration fever, I feel like most people are going to be checking it out. So, yeah. Um, also, both fleas and ticks have several different ways that they detect their prey. But they both rely very heavily on smell, which is why scent-altering products like vinegar and citrus work really well as deterrents. And we're going to touch on those. So, if you want to go into some of the cool ways to prevent fleas and ticks. So one of the main things that we really push for flea and tick prevention is just making sure that your animal's immune system is functioning optimally. Fleas and ticks are a lot less likely to go for the healthy animals and they're more going to go for the weaker animals. So this is, we always recommend feeding a species appropriate diet, looking at your vaccine schedule and trying to not over vaccinate and use more titer testing, um, deworming naturally, which we're going to talk about in a later episode, mm-hmm. not using insecticides on them, which is going to be hard on their immune system. And those kind of things really supporting your animal as a whole is not only going to benefit in prevention of flea and ticks, but also in just their life and their health. Yeah. And probiotics too. That's another big one that can help with yeah. the immune system. And then, because you do want to, like, work to prevent them, because as Amanda mentioned, there is, they do carry different diseases and stuff, and you don't want to have to deal with that, so there are some different ways. So the first one we're going to go with is a herbal flea and tick collar, so you can either purchase these, um, but make sure you read the ingredients and try and find a very natural one and be very picky and do your research, Um, or you can also make your own. So to make your own flea and tick collar, you're going to mix two tablespoons of almond oil with rose geranium oil or palo santo oil, and you're going to dab that on the dog's neck area or put it on their collar. And you're going to want to put it on their collar weekly um, to help it be potent. Yeah, just so it's not getting washed off and stuff. And you can, some people who don't have almond oil will use vegetable oil, which you totally can. The nice thing about almond oil is it contains sulfur, which is also a tick repellent in itself. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a bonus. Um, Just a note, this is not for cats or pregnant dogs. And I was going to say too, you could also use cedar is another one. I don't know if that you talk about that later on. Cedar oil. There's cedar or lemongrass, I believe. Yeah, cedar, lemongrass, or peppermint as well are other options for getting rid of fleas and ticks. So if you have those, like, I mean, always we recommend using, like, high-quality essential oils. But if you have any of those on hand as well, that works pretty well, too. And then citronella as well. If you have that oil, you can use that as well. Uh, So another thing you can do, which is also not for cats, 
is um, a tick shampoo. So you're gonna mix several drops of the Palo Santo oil with a, a lavender shampoo and really suds it up on your dog and try and leave it for 20 minutes or as long as you can get your dog to sit still. Um, this will kill any existing ticks that are on them and prevent new ones. So that's kind of like a double whammy, which is really nice. Yeah. Then there's different citrus repellents. Fleas and ticks dislike citrus. And Amanda talked about how they use their scents and their olfactory senses to really find their hosts and their most ideal host. If your dog smells like citrus, they will stay away from them because they just don't recognize it as a host. So to do this, you can cut um, lemons into quarters and put it in a jar with boiling water and let that steep overnight. And then just put it in a spray bottle and spray that all over your dog. Um, before you go out, you want to focus behind the ears, around the head, the base of the tail, and the armpits. Um, you can also use grapefruit or orange juice, some different citrus ones. Uh, again, that is not for cats. So another one which is good for internal or external parasites is garlic. Again, this is not for cats. Um, so garlic is a controversial thing these days. A lot of people, there's some fear about it. Um, so basically... Garlic contains sulfoxides and disulfides, which can damage red blood cells and cause anemia when fed in really high doses. So you want to make sure that you're finding the correct dose for the weight of your dog. Dogs Naturally Magazine has an article online that breaks it down for a lot of the weights. So that's really helpful if you're really not using that much. Um, and then they did, there was a study that was put out that kind of showed the effects of it. And so based on this study, and this is a quote from Dogs Naturally Magazine, um, the average 75-pound golden retriever needs to eat five full heads of garlic or about 75 cloves each meal before showing any adverse effects on the red blood cells. So that's a lot of cloves. So you don't need to worry about it because you're going to be feeding for a 10-pound dog or a 30-pound dog. I think you're feeding a teaspoon a day. Yeah. Not so you're much. not getting up to 75 cloves. So the nice thing about um, feeding garlic a, it's going to help with your liver function. It helps um, your killer cells, which are going to go around and kill everything. And it's also going to expel through the skin, which repels both ticks well, and fleas. Again, the whole um, smelling thing. Um. Yeah. And then oil of oregano we did talk about a couple weeks ago. Um, that will also repel fleas and ticks. It's very strong smelling. They don't like it. Um, you can spray it on is probably the best way to use it just because it's going to alter the smell. Um, you can also give it internally, but because it is, it can be an antibiotic. I wouldn't necessarily give it all day, every day, all summer. So yeah, I would, I would probably use it more topically and just mix it in with like, you um, like a homemade bug spray kind of thing. Uh, you do want to dilute it. So I would probably use like a fractionated coconut oil and like, oil of oregano or you could do epsom salt and a drop of oil of oregano in water it's going to be pretty potent smelling so if you don't like the smell of it i would maybe use something else it is very strong it is safe for use on cats there's been a little bit of confusion about that but i think we we did cover that in our oil of oregano episode because it doesn't have the the phenols that the worry the worry with cats so they can't process it properly they're fine with oil of oregano as long as it's diluted properly uh so there's that one so then the next one, diatomaceous earth, is a powder consisting of ground fossils, marine life, freshwater organisms. It's not toxic to animals and humans, um, and it's lethal to fleas and ticks because essentially at the molecular level, it looks like glass shards. So it's super sharp, so it, can, it basically pierces their exoskeletons, it causes little scratches, and they dehydrate and die. It's kind of 
sad, but it works really well. Um, you can also use it like in your garden for spiders and ants and all that sort of stuff. For that, you can use non-food grade. For applying it to your animals, you do want to use food grade um, and you do want to make sure that they're not inhaling it. And if anyone in the family does have asthma or respiratory issues or if the dog has respiratory issues, I would probably skip this one just because it can be aggravating if they're inhaling it. You want to avoid inhalation, but just in case, it's extra aggravating to anyone with respiratory issues. So there's that. Um, you can also feed it. <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going all wonky. Um, you can also feed it internally. I would say this is probably not the most effective use of it, but you definitely can. Um, you want to mix it with something wet so it's not um, just the dry, the inhalation thing again. But yeah, you can feed it. Some people do. Um, I personally have seen better results with like herbals, but for fleas and ticks, you're going to do it topically anyways because they're not internal. So that's what it's for. Uh, you can also sprinkle it on your carpet, I was going to say, um, or bedding or like pet bedding or anything like that that might have fleas or ticks living on it, um, like off the host. Sprinkle diatomaceous earth on it. It works really well. And then make sure you have a good vacuum that can vacuum it up. Next, coconut oil also, interestingly enough, will kill and repel fleas because of the lauric acid content in it. Not ticks, but fleas. Um, you can apply it topically or give orally, and then you're going to give about one teaspoon per 20 pounds body weight. And then the last one that I had to talk about was vinegar and or apple cider vinegar. So again, you can spray this on. You can dilute it one to one, so 50-50 with water, and spray it onto your pet as a deterrent, a small deterrent. Um, and then you can also add it to their food or water, and that the smell will basically come through their skin. I know a lot of people, um, like horse people, add it to uh, water troughs. And that, A, helps keep fly larvae and mosquito larvae out of the water, but it also helps them naturally repel flies and that sort of stuff. So that's another cool one. If you do find ticks on your pets um, or fleas, you want to be watching for signs of disease, especially with ticks, Lyme disease is the one that you worry about. Lendrum is the homeopathic remedy that you can do for that. Dogs Naturally has a bunch of stuff about that as well. But that's like, if they are being if they have been bitten or anything like that you do want to um consult with your holistic vet obviously of course but we're kind of this is more like your prevention and how to avoid having to take them to the vet <laughs> for that uh yeah so hopefully you guys found today's episode helpful um we're on instagram and facebook and the website like i said is probably easiest just to access through the facebook right now um and we will talk to you guys next time bye the contents of this podcast are for informational purposes only the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional veterinary advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your holistic veterinarian with any questions you may have regarding the medical condition of your pet. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you read on this website. If you think your pet has a medical emergency, call or visit your local holistic veterinarian or your local veterinary emergency hospital immediately. Reliance on any information you've heard on this podcast is at, entirely at your own risk. If you have medical concerns or need advice, please seek out your local holistic or integrative veterinarian. Not sure where to find one? Go to ahvma.org. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.